Our subject this morning is uh, nine objective tests of salvation from First John. We I'm looking at the records. I keep a copy of, uh, or try to, of most any sermon. And it was about eight years ago that I taught a version of this. But the question is, how do you know if you are a Christian? Scott Brown read his book and he points out nine tests of salvation from this little book of First John. So let's look at First John chapter 1, verse 5 and 6 and 7. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Now let's look briefly at verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. Now, I don't believe that I have the ability in order to walk up to a person and say, I question your salvation. But God does. God makes it clear he doesn't, you know, people have accused me, he said, you know, you're, I enjoy your preaching, but you're too plain and you're too to the point and probably guilty of all of those. But verse 6 makes it clear. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. You know, God is saying it. If you say you're in fellowship with the Lord, but yet you're doing things on an everyday basis that is wrong, you're lying. You know, and uh, I don't think any of us like for, you know, somebody to tell us we question what you talk about or we question your points. But God makes it very clear, you know, one of the biggest problems that Mr. Brown brought out in reading his book years years ago, whistle still had it, don't know where it went to, but uh, but you know he does an excellent job in that book of the whole book of First John, and I wish I could remember everything in it that he he said, but walking in the light. That's what God expects of me and what he expects of you. And one of the biggest problems that as a pastor that I see in talking to other pastors is the uh, 
relationships of one member or one family to another. You know, I think as adults, we should be able to see I can still be in fellowship with Brother Steve and not agree with him on every point. And he can be in fellowship with me without agreeing with every point. Now, if that goes to the point that we want to say, well, you know, I doubt that we got to go to the only book that will make sure that our belief is based upon the Word of God and not what we believe. See, sometimes we believe very strongly, but yet when we study it out, we find out that we were wrong. Now, First John chapter 8, or, or excuse me, First John chapter 1, verse 8, 9, and 10, God says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. You know, we, I think everybody in this auditorium this, this morning wouldn't, wouldn't argue a bit. We, we all sin. I'll even go as far to say that everyone in this building this morning sins every day. And it's very clear because do we love God with all our heart, soul, and mind? No. Should, but we don't. You know, there are those who think they do, but uh, God said, you know, in verse 8, as we read, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Now, you, you know what that means if we look at the truth is not in us. If the truth is not in me, then I'm still lost. That's the difference between a lost person and a saved person. The truth is in us. In other words, we know it. And once we know it, as James said, he that knoweth to do good and doeth not is sin. If I know I ought to apologize to somebody because I was wrong, but I refuse to do it for pride or whatever, I'm wrong. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, the very first person that I need to deal with when I know I am wrong is God. Because it's more important what God thinks about me than it is that whole church if it is full. Because to y'all or to any church, to anybody, uh, that's how they see it. it. When God says something, it's not how he sees it. That's the way it is. And he makes that clear when he goes down to verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. You know that when you follow the word, everything goes better for you spiritually. It may go worse for you in the world, but it'll go better for you in your spiritual life if you believe every word. God makes it clear. I mean, I just, I just love this whole book. But if we say we have not sinned, 
And you'll be surprised if you would follow any preacher that does visiting. You'll find out how many people that will say it and, and believe it. I haven't sinned. I don't sin. I hate sin. Well, I hate sin too. But do I still sin? Yes. I sin most all when I say I don't sin. Are you following me? When we go to 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, John writes here, and hereby we do know that we know him. If what? If we keep his commandments. So when you talk to a person and you ask that person, and I usually do if I'm, if I go to the hospital uh, to visit somebody, if I go to a nursing home to visit somebody, I'll ask them, are you saved? And they'll say, well, I hope so, think I am. That tells me that there's not surety and with doubt, you can't be as positive as it is if you, when it comes to your salvation, you'll say, I know I'm saved. I may not always walk the talk, but I'm saved. And when I don't walk the talk, then God deals with me and I may ask, why am I sick? Why did this happen? Sometimes God deals with us immediately and a lot of people don't like this next statement. A lot of times God don't deal with me at all and he may deal with my grandchild. Now, people don't like to believe that because that isn't right. But yet God's word says he passed it down from generation to generation. He said, I don't believe that. I didn't see in, in the garden. Did you? I didn't sin in the garden. But because of one man's sin, I'm born a sinner. Is that fair? Well, are you going to tell God he isn't fair? He didn't make us sin. So what that mass, what 1 John chapter 2, verse 3 and 4 is telling us is what? Obedience. He says, and hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. And he that says, I know him and keep not his commandments is what? He's a liar. You want to know what most marriage problems is? It's the lies between the husband and the wife. And I'm not talking about him seeing somebody else or she seeing something else. That's one of the biggest problems everywhere. What is the number one problem in my estimation of this government? They don't tell the truth. I don't care whether it's Democrat, Republican, or Independent. They don't tell the truth. Sometimes our problems, if we want to get down to where we, we live, is that we're not honest with ourselves. And if I'm not honest with Tony, I can't be honest with Steve if I'm talking to him. Because error will just seem to take over, over truth. 
That's why we're all sinners. So, uh, you know, God makes it very clear in verse 4. I know him. I know him. And keepeth not his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Well, you know, if we practice that, the truth is Jesus Christ. What John is laying out for us, if we're not honest with ourselves, maybe we're not what we believe we are. We're just not what we say we are. Because if love, you know, and I probably have heard more of this than any of y'all when I go into a home and a husband and wife is having problems and you had problems, you go back the second time, the third time, same problem, you know. And they say the same thing, I love him, but. No, what they're saying is that I love him if there's going to be a perfect situation, a perfect marriage. First thing that I told my granddaughter when I counseled them is that if you think everything is going to be okay all the time, somebody told you a lie and you believed it. That's just facts. Well, it's the same thing about joining the church. If you think that everything is going to be such a way you want it, man, you're in for miserable church membership. What's the problem? Me and you, people. It wasn't a, a bad dog that sinned. It was a man and a woman that sinned. And we're still sinning. And biggest sin is we're not being honest with ourselves. Because somebody preached eternal security to blood-bought believe believer, and we believed it. I believed it. But I learned over years it has some strains attached. Yeah. The fourth point is uh, we got to have love for the brethren. When we look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 9, 10, and 11, God said, He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now. now. What do you think that verse is saying? I believe it's saying exactly what it says. You don't have to interpret. I don't have to get a dictionary. I don't have to get a commentary. I don't have to find, and I've got several books on first, first, second, third John. And I love just reading, the easy reading, the clear. So, you know, when we look at that, he that said he is in light, that is, he says he's saved, and hated his brother, God said he's in darkness until now. Well, how do you deal with it, preacher? Well, if uh, Steve and I disagree on something, I don't have no problem making this statement. One of us is wrong. He'll think he's right. I'll think I'm right. 
How do you solve that? Well, go to a counselor. Really? This is the counselor you go to. What does God say? See, if, if every problem we had, if we would go to the book to find the answer, and we would save a lot of doctor visits, we would save a lot of, just a lot of things. But I'm, you know, I'm no different than you are. I, it takes all the gumption I have, whatever gumption means, but it takes all the power I've got to look at somebody and say, I was wrong. You have a problem? Well, if you don't, God has really blessed you. Don't like to admit I'm wrong. But my opinion and God's word, there is no competition. God is always right. Obedience, you know. Then love for the brethren. Just read here in 1 John chapter 2, verse 9, 10, and 11. I mean, you know, whatever our problem is, the answer is in the Word. Number five. Look at verse 15 and 17 in 1 John 2. 15, 16, 17. God said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, we got to interpret this with a little bit of common sense and with the back scriptures that we've looked at. When God said, Love not the world, see, if I love my wife, I put her first. I put her first over my family. I put her first over, you know, her family. Because when God joined us together, we became one. You know, and I realize I'm out there by myself when, you know, I've had mothers look at me right straight in the eye and said, you know, if you think I'm going to put my husband over my kids, you've you're lost your mind. I said, I may have lost my mind, but I'm still right. Because when me and my wife got married, we became one. We became one. That's was I encourage people before they get married, talk about their difference. Well, pastor, if I'd done that, he probably wouldn't marry me. Then you saved yourself a divorce. We don't even know the one. We're just fascinated. I love this person. But yet, we look at God and, and we, you know, He's the one that woke me up this morning. He's the reason I'm breathing. You know, as I was telling my sister, I, I went to the doctor the past week, you know, had a lot of x-rays and stuff, and 
He said, most of your problem is just not working as good as it is to because you're getting old. Is there anything I can do about that? And you have to know the relationship me and my doctor has. He said, yeah, you can die. I mean, you ain't going to, you're not going to be 21 if you've got a 78-year body or a 90-year-old body. So how do you function? You adapt. And the first thing you adapt with is your mind. If I let you upset me, it's not your fault, it's my fault. And I couldn't do that years ago. I can do it now. I'm not getting hung up on somebody else's hang-up. I'll listen. I'll pray. I'll do everything I can to help anybody. But am I going to worry for you and get upset for you? It's not happening. Why? i got a bad heart and a weak mind. That's why. God tells us. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 and 17, God says, Love not the world, neither things are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You can't love the world and love God equally. God's got to be first. He's got to be first. And people know that. I mean, I could point out several people, even in the church, that I've explained that to them when I was talking to them. You know, people you know, say, I love God, but they don't go to church, they don't pray, they don't give. They, it's just mindless words that comes out. And I never go to them and say, hey, you lied to me. Because they didn't lie to me. They lied to themselves. You lie to yourself when you say, God is everything to me, and you could list eight or nine things that comes before him. And you wonder why you're having problems. It don't mean if you live the Bible as close as you can, you're not going to have problems. Life is short and full of trouble, whether you're saved, lost, or whatever. But we've got to have a, a certain amount of hatred. You know. Most of my family and close friends, if if Disney World Disney come out with a new movie, they'll Oh, I'm going to go see that, you know, because you can depend upon Disney. Really? Well, you've been living in a cave? <laughs> Disney is just like all the rest of them. They're in it for money. And what sells now on movies? Sex. So God says... Do not love the world or the things in the world. 
What we love, we put first. And I've told him many a husband, I've told him many a wife, you may love her, but you're not in love with her. I don't get any enjoyment, but I mean, you know, if, if we're going to take a book like First, Second, you know, John, we got to be honest with the scriptures. And God said, "Do not love the world or the things in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh." And he, you, you see here, he's not talking about the mountains. He's not talking about the rivers. He's not talking about his creation. But he makes it clear, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And then verse 17 says, and this world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God does what? Abides forever. Don't have this foolishness. I used to do that. I used to believe that. Why? You don't believe it no more because circumstances won't allow you to do it. Then God goes down to 1 John chapter 2, verse 24 and 25. And he says, let that therefore abide in you. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning, it that which he have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. This is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. Do some thinking right here. Do some thinking. Let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. How many people you ever talked to? Your family or friends? I used to believe that. Who changed? You or God? Well, but we know that God hasn't changed, so that's why the perverted versions are so much popular now than the King James. We find a Bible, we find a church, we find people that agree with us. The multitude of the human beings in this world does not agree with this Bible. Some of them may be in my family, your family. Some of them are in the government. Some run the churches, whatever. It's easy to say, I am a Christian. I'm a Baptist. I believe the word of God, but yet I don't know what the word of God says. I don't follow that which I do know, but I'm comforted in the fact that I've been taught that God built a church. It was a Baptist church, and praise God I'm in it. Now, if you understand that statement, you understand why I don't believe 
everybody in the church is going to be in the bride of Christ. Just like I don't believe that everybody is in every church is saved because church members don't save you. The blood of Jesus Christ does. So uh, we go down to verse 24 and 25 and, you know, in First John chapter 2, verse 24 and 25. Let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. That takes care of the fact that when people say, I used to believe that. Did you? You ain't never used to believe the Bible if you believed it because of your conviction. God gave you that and you will not change. Because God's words don't change. Isn't that what the word says? Let that therefore abide in you which ye have heard from the beginning. How many people have left this church in the years I've been here and tell me this? I used to believe that. You used to believe the word of God, but now you don't? And you feel good about that? He said, if that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. When you say, I believe God's word, you're saying that Jesus does not lie. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. 25 says, and this is the promise that he has promised us, even eternal life. If God can't keep that promise, can we believe that his death, burial, and resurrection took care of our sins? Then we look at uh, number seven. And uh, we, First John chapter 3 and verse 10. 1 John chapter 3, verse 10. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. But let's look at the verse beginning. You know, when he said, In this the children of God are manifested. And the children of the devil. In other words, both of their true colors will come out. What makes our true troubles color comes out when we go through unpleasant situations. When things happen we don't like or we don't agree with. You think God left you so that you could get all upset and Start cussing and, you know, all that stuff because you don't, you know. Christians deal with problems different. And I'm not saying you've got to agree with me on everything I say. But you owe 
the pastor and every member that you're going to deal with it like a Christian. God just says that. I mean, it, it is, uh, uh, we are preserved, you know. And he says in First John chapter 3 and verse 10, In this the children of God are manifested, and the children of And what he said, in this, the children of God are manifested and the children of the devil. If you stay around somebody, you become friends with that person who says, I'm a Christian. I, I drove down here to the, you know, whatever church, but I'm a Christian. And, and, and you accept it because you like them and they like you and y'all have fun together and you can talk and, you know, much better than those stuck-up Baptists back in church. You're falling right into the devil's trap. God said, not me. God said here in First John 3, 10, in this the children of God are manifest in the children of the devil. Now, notice what he said. Whosoever doth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. I think one of the signs of true Christianity is that we can be in a situation where we don't agree with it at all. But I'm still going to manifest Christ in my life. Well, I have the right to express myself. Who gave you that right? Well, the law. We ain't talking about the law. I'm not under law. I'm under grace. Grace tells me that I must deal with you in a Christian manner because there's going to be somebody watching you And that person may never have confidence in Christianity again because he or she seen somebody who professed to be saved act like a worldly person. You say, well, but, you know, it takes time. Oh, absolutely. But isn't that amazing that we expect so much out of a Christian nearly, nearly saved? We'll watch them. I don't know whether my son is saved or not. No, he still does this and he still does that. And in his mind, I don't know whether mom and dad are saved because they still uh, do this and they still do that. And, but I'm, you know, I'm 50, 60, 70, 80, so I've got more freedom. No, you don't. Whatever it's a sin to a 10-year-old boy is sin to his 90-year-old great-grandfather. And the trouble more points. In 1 John chapter 4 
in verse 13, God said, Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us, because he have given us of his spirit. His spirit lives in me. And when somebody looks at me and says, Preacher, I know you're right, but, you know, I just can't control myself. No, you can't. And I can't. Now, who am I going to look to? I'm going to look to the world to get my strength, or I'm going to look to God to get my strength. Bottom line, it always falls back to us. We can blame anybody we want to, and they may have been an influence, but we have nobody to blame when we do not follow Christ but us. Me, me, myself and I is to blame. Because if you think you're going to join a church and find perfect people, somebody lied to you and you believed it. The first church, the first disciples... (laughs) You remember Judas? They kept saying, who is it? Is it I? Is it I? Is it I? You know it can't be any of us, Lord. We have followed you. And I hate to make this point, but it's true, so I don't have no choice. People think because they're faithful in church, they get a free pass card. Well, you don't. Matter of fact, God expects more of me than he does anybody in this building because he put me in the pulpit. And how these preachers can get up and preach lies, well, I know how. God ain't called them to preach. God doesn't call a Christian to live like a a lost person. God doesn't call a preacher to preach like a man that's not ever been called. We know who is saved and who isn't saved by their walk. And they do it so good. Again, I introduce my witness of Judas. Didn't even know. Walked right with, <laughs> with the Lord himself. God said in 1 John 4, 13, By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. You remember one of my favorite verses that was a period of time here I quoted almost every service when Jesus came and said, It is expedient, it's necessary that I go away. If I don't go away, then the Holy Spirit will not come. But when I go away, the Spirit will come and he'll abide in you. I take it a little bit further and I say, it's the Spirit going to teach Steve one thing and me another. You have time to answer that? No. There's only one truth. One gospel. And you... And you can hang to that false belief because that's what I've always believed. Only thing I can say to you, brother or sister, you, you've always been wrong. If you believe something that's not in the Bible. So my favorite words when I'm out on visitation, when I'm in the hospital, when I'm in the nursing home, wherever I may be and I'm talking to somebody, 
Here's a Bible. Would you mind showing it to me? I haven't been able to find it. And that's the end of our, our conversation. Because we believe so many of mom and dad's beliefs and grandpa. I, mean, I believe that Caitlin loves me so much that I worry about misleading her. You see what I'm saying? And lastly, you know, it is uh, discipline. God will discipline those that he loves. So when parents say, well, I just love my child, I, I just can't stand the discipline. If you love them the way God loved you, you would. Now, I don't argue with them. You can't argue with mother or father that thinks they're right. You just try to hope you can get in a little bit of Scripture. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this.